This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Santita Jackson Show. It is Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm coming to you from WCPT, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station, and AM 950 Radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. Please call me at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. I want to hear your voices. I'm so glad that I've been hearing so many of you and so many different voices. Uh, lately, it means so much to me to hear your voices. And I want to know what you think about the Respect for Marriage Act. What do you think about what's happening with Brittany Griner? You know, we typically uh, applaud when Americans are able to come home. We're excited. But Brittany Griner's, Brittany Griner's gotten a lot of pushback. What do you think that is? Is it because she's, we want Paul Whelan back? We do. But his case, as we begin to examine it, is very complicated. Is it because she is just an athlete? <laughs> Although she has got, <laughs> wish you try to take her on on the basketball court, you would lose. She's one of the best in the world at what she does. Is it because she's black? Mm. Is it because she's a black woman? Mm. Is it because she's a black gay woman? Mm. Is it simply because she's gay? Talk to me. Call me at 773-763-9278. 773-763-9278. That is what we'll be dealing with on the legal Q&A panel with CK at 7 o'clock. But first, we're going to talk about Julian Assange at the bottom of the hour. There are growing pressures on the president to release him. People are saying that, look, publishing, being a whistleblower should not be a crime. Mm, what do you think about that? Were it not for the whistleblowers, we probably would still be in the Vietnam War. Thank you, Daniel Ellsberg. It's the people who step in and reveal uh, the bad things that are going on. That's how we move this ball, kick this ball down the road. So let's talk about that, because now more and more and more, President Biden is being pushed to free Julian Assange. What do you think? Should that happen? Call me at 773-763-9278. Should we continue to punish whistleblowers? Should we? How will you ever find out what's going on if you don't have whistleblowers? Think about that in Chicago. We're going to have a high today of 44 degrees, but it will be rainy. In Minneapolis, St. Paul, 39 degrees will be the high. There will be rain and snow. FIFA, yes, France and Morocco will be playing this afternoon. Oh, my gosh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Argentina, they've made the finals, the first-tier finals. They beat Croatia 3 to nothing yesterday. But this is an historic game. Of course, France um, has been a colonial power involved in Morocco. And how ironic, Morocco is the first African nation to make it this far in the World Cup of the soccer. This is the, this is the World Series of soccer, everybody. I mean, it is truly the world. So what's going to happen this afternoon? Who you got, France or Morocco? Mm, I'm pulling for Morocco. I am. In the NBA, the Knicks will be playing the Bulls tonight. And the Timberwolves will be facing off against the Clippers. In the NHL, the Capitals, seven. Chicago's team, three. And the Red Wings will be playing the Wild tonight. The Biden administration is facing a December deadline to terminate a public health authority known as Title 42 that was invoked at the onset of the COVID pandemic and allowed officials to turn away migrants encountered at the U.S. southern 
border as officials prepare for a surge of migrants ahead of the forced end of the Trump-era border policy. The Department of Homeland Security has deployed additional agents to El Paso, Texas, where thousands of migrants have been attempting to cross the border daily. And many people are saying that we need to understand why it is that they are coming. They are not coming to America as much as they are running away from home because of interference in their democratically elected governments. And many are accusing our government of doing just that. Hmm. A massive storm is producing raging blizzards in the north and damaging tornadoes in the south, shuttering highways and hampering travel. According to CNN Storm Tracker, the storm system is moving east across the nation and is currently lingering over the central U.S. And it is cold here in Chicago. There have been at least five confirmed tornadoes in Texas and multiple others involved. Blessings to everybody. Oklahoma, Dallas, Fort Worth, They've had their homes flattened by this massive storm. About 9 million people recently received emails from the Department of Education that mistakenly said their application for student loan forgiveness had been approved. Thus far, no one has received debt forgiveness from the Biden administration's debt relief program because it remains blocked by federal courts. And uh, hmm, those are just some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson show. It's just a whole lot going on. And, of course, the Respect for Marriage Act was signed yesterday. Too much, much applause at the White House and a relief all over the country. It's a joyful day in which um, not only same-sex marriage, marriage is regarded, but so were interracial marriages, everybody. Thank you. Uh, Richard Loving and Mildred Jeter Loving for um, for pushing, for pressing that case uh, for love in the United States of America. Pastor Vicki Johnson, in this Christmas season, it is a joy to be with you. Of course, she's the pastor of the St. Thomas Lutheran Church here in Chicago at 80th and Jeffrey. 80th and Jeffrey right there on the corner. Get on there for your hour of power at 1145, 1145 to 1245. Mask, unmasked, you can be there. But, of course, there's certain protocols that are observed uh, for the masked and the unmasked. And we just thank God for you, Pastor Vicki Johnson, today. We need some good news. I know I do. I need it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good morning, Santita, and good morning to all of your morning stars and friends. There is good news. Genesis, the first chapter in verses 26 through 28, gives an account of the creation story. And the New Revised Standard Version says, Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over all the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Isn't it something that when God created us in God's image and likeness with dominion and power over basically everything, we were created to see everyone and everything else 
but not ourselves. The only way to see your face is to look at your image in a mirror or in a pond, in a store window, or anything that will give a reflection of you. There are two powerful lessons we can get from this point of creation. First of all, since we cannot see ourselves and only see those around us, could it be that what we are seeing might be a reflection of us? We are often quick to point out the flaws in others, but could it be that that glaring flaw is resident in us as well? But we can't see it. We are often quick to talk about what someone else should do. Could it be that we, too, should be doing the same thing or something very similar? The other point about this creation is not being able to see ourselves causes us to rely on others to keep us straight physically. We all need somebody to lean on and to see what we cannot see. Little things like spinach stuck in our teeth or other things to help us present our best selves. Taking this creation information to heart can begin a reconsidering of how we see others so that we can see how we can be better. It's not all about me. It's all about us. That is what we were created to be, a community, to be a family that will see how we can make each of us all better. Take a look at what you see in others to help you be your best self. If you will do this, and I believe that you will, then to me, that's good news. Amen, amen, amen. (laughs) You know, the people around you really do reflect who you are. They really, really do. Yes. So, you know, and that's why you don't get in arguments with people who are married or people who are coupled because Mm. you really are talking to the same person (laughs) (laughs) on a fundamental level. I let it go. I'm like, oh, you know what? I wish you all the best. And I'm pulling for you both unless it's toxic and crazy. And even and even then I step, you know, I step out of it. I don't really thank God. No, a whole lot of toxic, crazy people. It's, they're not close up on me, so thank God for that. <laughs> Pastor Vicki Johnson, how can we get your service on Sunday? Well, you know, you can attend live and in person at 8000 South Jeffrey, St. Thomas Lutheran Church, Chicago, Illinois, right on the corner of 80th and Jeffrey. Or you can catch us on Facebook Live, 1145 AM, for the Hour of Power. 
sending much love Pastor Vicki Johnson's way. Love you, love you, love you, my dear, dear, dear sister friend. We've got Dr. Shanina Knighton. Oh, mm, I take that. Registered nurse, infection preventionist, college lecturer. She does so much. She's the executive director of the Association for for Professionals in Infection Control and Epidemiology, but we know her as, hey, Dr. Nina. Hey, Dr. Nina, how you doing this morning? I'm doing good. How are you? That is her handling social media. Everybody look her up, look her up, because she has got a lot of common sense knowledge. Um, Everybody's focused on COVID and even RSV and the flu. Is there anything else that we need to be looking out for? And I ask this question because over the past few weeks, um, I've been able to take tests that we were able to take routinely, you know, before the pandemic, right? And um, many of these tests had to be scheduled months in advance, months in advance. And I got waitlisted. And and then, you know, just on, I just was really blessed to be able to get a lot of tests, but they were all, you know, just kind of piled on one another. But, you know, when, when they give, when they, when you get on the wait list, you know, Dr. Knight, and, you know, you jump in because you got to take these tests. But I wonder, like, if you find a lump, what do you do? Is there any way for you to muscle your way into a test, into a biopsy? Um, what if you think that there's really something uh, that is very wrong with you? What steps would you recommend that people take? So... Santita, my response is not going to be from the standpoint of a medical provider, but from the standpoint of just being a human being. And that would be advocating for my health, meaning that you may go to one facility or one area, they may turn you away, may tell you that you need to wait. And the thing is, is it may require you to have to look to other healthcare facilities. It may have to have you look through to clinics um, in order for you to be able to receive assistance. It's also too, like online. So, for example, you know, not becoming a medical provider because you're online, but also recognizing too, if you feel a lump, what kind of lump are you feeling? So if we're talking about, like, let's say breast, for example, um, typically I was going to say there are assessments that you do around the time of your menstrual cycle um, where you will lay flat on your back and you will actually palpate, which means, like, push down on your breast to see if you do feel a lump or a mass. The one thing that I can tell you is that people may assume that a cancer lump hurts when, in fact, that's not necessarily the case. And so it is important to get things checked out, but understand that is only a part of the equation. Prevention is better than treatment, and so if you're feeling it, then you would want to go check in with someone. But if getting into the appointment is challenging, you ask yourself, are there free clinics? or other resources that I need to use, and then can I get on more than one wait list, potentially if I know that that wait list is going to be longer. Because then if you're on a few wait lists and something does become available, you can always cancel the other, and then that will give someone else the availability of that schedule. 
Now, unfortunately, Santita, this is coming from a place of privilege because we know that some individuals do not have access to even get on the wait list because potentially they don't have insurance or resources. So this is where they would be looking for free resources to be able to assist them. So, like, would you go to the county hospital and be able to get a test? Um, how do you find the resources for these for these clinics that will not cost you? So I would say reach out to your Department of Health um, mm. as a resource to understand that. So that is a good source to be able to start with. Um, there's always information. So even if you look at your um, state department, your state department will online will have information about resources. Your church may very well have information about resources. It's always good that when someone has a health screening to go check out the health screening because while it may not necessarily be what you're focused on, you may meet a provider there that may be able to give you information about that free resource, or you may even be able to network with that provider, let them know the dilemma that you're having, and they may have sympathy and may fit you in. So this is a time where if you are feeling like that, you have to advocate for yourself as well as put yourself in situations to talk to others that may be able to assist you even if you don't have the resources to be able to do so. So in other words, there there is a way for you to get the test that you need and then I guess you would go you could then go to your state department of health if you are uninsured or if you're underinsured even. Uh, so that you can get the follow-up care. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, then you know that's that's good news and that's great Christmas information because that's we're we're spending a lot of time talking about these transmissible viruses and we should. But in the meantime, you know, it occurred to me because I was at the doctor yesterday and I've been at the doctor for weeks. You know, just day after day after day, getting tests and all of the, and all of that. I said, there's so much other stuff that you've got to pay attention to in your body, but we're not doing that right now. We're not doing that right now. Ladies, there are exams that you need, get them. Men, there are exams that you need, get them. Just, what did you say? Be the CEO of your own health. I've got about 30 seconds for you. What does that mean? That means that prevention is better than treatment, and you Mm -hmm. want to advocate for yourself as well as check on your body before having to rely on someone else to tell you what it is that you need when you may know what it is that you need. We know when we feel off, we know when things don't feel right. That is the most important time for us to be cognizant of what we should be doing for ourselves. (laughs) You know, you know, you know when you are not, you know when things are not quite right, you know. Take care of yourselves, everybody. That is some of the Christmas good news. Go to Hey Dr. Nina, H E Y D R N I N A, H E Y D R N I N A. Hey Dr. Nina, that is her handle on social media if you want some of the best common sense advice about your health. It's not to make you paranoid, it's to make you vigilant. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> you cannot. Uh, what did you say? You can, we're not going to vaccinate our way out of this pandemic. We're going to have to develop some new healthful habits. That's what's going to make us healthy, everybody. Think about that. Uh, 
Love you, Dr. Nina. And let's talk about Julian Assange. Should we imprison whistleblowers? I mean, Daniel Ellsberg, if he if he didn't give us the Pentagon Papers, we could still be embroiled in that Vietnam War. It would have just stretched on and on and on and on. Think about that. Think about the whistleblowers. Think about Ed Snowden. Think about that. Do we need to continue to punish them, or should we lift them up? Do we really have freedom of speech in the United States? All these questions and more for Chip Gibbons for, from Defending Rights and Dissent. Back in just a minute on the Santita Jackson Show. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Santita Jackson Show, WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio, the voice of progressive Minnesota. I want you to reach out to me on Facebook on the Santita Jackson and Friends page. That is my official page, everybody. Not the Santita Jackson page, but the Santita Jackson and Friends page. Please, please become my friend over there. And meet me on Twitter. Please, please, please. Uh, go to at Santita J, at Santita J, at S-A-N-T-I-T-A, the letter J, and that is where you will find me. Not at Santita Jackson, the Santita J. And T to J is where you want to be and where I want to see you. And so please reach out to me at the top of the hour. We will be talking about Brittany Griner. She's not being celebrated. You know, there's a debate about whether she should have been rescued at all. Even as we have more and more questions about about Paul Whelan and, and his background for passports, a dishonorable, dishonorable discharge from the U.S. Marines, successful corporate career, and on and on and on. I don't know all of the pieces. I don't. But that's not her background. So why is she being attacked? Is it because she's an athlete deemed not as high level as a veteran? Is it because she's black? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's a black woman? Is it because she's gay? Is it because she's a black gay woman? Hmm. We'll talk about that at the top of the hour. But if you want to call about that, call, call, call. In the meantime, let us talk about Julian Assange. Uh, what, what, why is he such a hot potato? I want you to call me at 773-763-9278. Why is he such a hot potato? President Biden is facing growing pressure to drop charges against Julian Assange. Uh, and... Uh, who is he? Let's go back in this case. Let's see who he is, what he's accused of doing, and let's look at whistleblowers overall. If we didn't have Daniel Ellsberg and the Pentagon Papers, we would have stayed in that war in Vietnam for a much longer period of time, it can be argued, and we would have also, um, we wouldn't have known what was going on when Americans found out what was really going on. They said, not in my name, get out, and on and on and on. Ed Snowden has let us know just how heavily surveilled we are. Don't you want to know? Yeah, it's the whistleblowers, and Ed Snowden has been pushed out of the United States. He's living in Russia. (laughs) Julian Assange is in jail. Is that the way we're supposed to handle freedom of speech? Hmm? Think about that. 
Call us at 773-763-9278, 773-763-WCPT. And we have the Policy Director of Defending Rights and Dissent, one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Chip Gibbons. Chip Gibbons, take us back, back, back. First of all, Merry Christmas, if that is your holiday. Happy holidays to you overall. I'm sending you much, 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 much love, my dear friend. Who is Julian Assange, and why is this case significant? And who are what are whistleblowers anyway? <laughs> well, well, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Julian Assange is the publisher and founder of, of WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks was sort of a, a novel attempt that was started in 2007 that used a number of sort of encryption protocols that was designed to enable people around the world who had... Uh, government or corporate secrets to share them anonymously with with with, um, with WikiLeaks, who would then uh, publish them online or work with newspapers and other outlets to publish them. The goal was to protect sources by having this sort of uh, method in which they could safely communicate with the press. Uh, early on, they published a number of secrets of corporate secrets about corporate misconduct and there were attempts to take them off the web. As early as 2008, the U.S. Military Counterintelligence Division is putting together memorandums about the threat that WikiLeaks could pose, that if they publish truthful information that the U.S. government doesn't want out there, that's a problem, and that the only way to sort of stop WikiLeaks would be to uh, find or arrest some of their sources, since that would sort of cast doubt on the technology they were using, or or to get them to publish something that was untrue. WikiLeaks has never published false information. Uh, from 2010 to 2011... So wait, wait, wait. WikiLeaks, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. You said WikiLeaks has never published false information? They've never published something that was untrue, right? They, they, they get information from sources. It, it's anonymous, but they take some steps to verify it. And there's obviously a huge credibility problem if someone was to submit something that was um, a, a forged document or a false document. But th- their, their track record on publishing truthful information has been very high. There's, there's no known example where they've published a document that was not what it purported to be, which is one of the ways the U.S. government pinpoints in 2008. This is before they're a household name. This is before they're a controversial organization about ways of, of that it could potentially undermine them, uh, getting them to uh, publish something that was false or, as they would end up doing, going after their sources and and arresting, jailing, or otherwise persecuting them. Uh, in 2010 to 2011, this is where, you know, the story really picks up. Um, an Army intelligence officer by the name of Chelsea Manning, who's very concerned by what she witnesses uh, in Iraq, goes to WikiLeaks uh, anonymously through, through its channels with a large... Uh, large amount of information, uh, war logs from Iraq and Afghanistan, diplomatic cables from the State Department, as well as detainee assessment briefs from Guantanamo Bay. And beginning in 2010, WikiLeaks partners, and this is a really key part of the story that gets lost, they partner with uh, mainstream news outlets. I believe the first two are The Guardian and, and, and The New York Times, in releasing these documents in small batches, accompanied by uh, accompanied by 
sort of articles explaining and and, and and making and getting news stories based off of the information that's in there. Uh, they start with the Afghan war logs. They go through the Iraq war logs. And 12 years ago, they start with what's called the uh, Cablegate or State Department Cable Leaks. The initial five papers who work with WikiLeaks on this are El País, The New York Times, the Guardian, Le Monde, and Der Spiegel. So five papers from around the world in, in each of their countries. They're probably the most prestigious mainstream paper. And uh, they start publishing these State Department cables, and WikiLeaks is often criticized because eventually these cables end up entirely unredacted on the Internet. But it, it, it's really worth remembering that's that's not how this starts, right? It starts with small releases, from these five papers, and then as the next 11 months go on, uh, WikiLeaks works with other publications specializing in parts of the world to, to once again engage in these curated uh, releases. So, for example, they work with The Nation magazine and Haiti Liberté to publish a series of articles about U.S. State Department cables pertaining to Haiti that show such things as the U.S. State Department working with Fruit of the Loom and Levi uh, Jeans Company to uh, push Haiti into not raising its minimum wage or trying to prevent Haiti from letting uh, Aristide, the former president who was overthrown in a U.S. coup, uh, from, from returning. At, at some point, one, and, and the, the way in which the journalists get this information is they're all in encrypted files. At some points, they require people to use computers not connected to the Internet to, to, to access them. Uh, Stefania Morici, the Italian journalist who worked with WikiLeaks on these files, has a book out called Secret Power, and she really um, explains the security protocols in, in great detail. They, they frustrate a lot of the journalists. And what happens is The Guardian, uh, one of the journalists from The Guardian, ends up publishing the password to the encrypted documents in his book, and it then becomes available on the Internet, and a bunch of other websites with the password release the entire uh, documents unredacted. So WikiLeaks is oftentimes criticized for just dumping information indiscriminately, but in, in the cable gate uh, context, that's, that's far, far from the case. Uh, you know, Chelsea Manning, the source for this, is arrested. She's court-martialed under the Espionage Act. She's held in... Um, she's held in conditions that have been criticized by the UN Special Rapporteur on torture as 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 being uh, torture, and uh, the Obama administration is confronted with the choice of whether or not they're going to prosecute Assange and WikiLeaks, and they make the decision, uh, even though they're willing to prosecute Chelsea Manning and Edward Snowden and people like that, they make the decision that any precedent against Assange and WikiLeaks would enable the prosecution of the New York Times. And, and they, they, they don't go for that, but they do encourage other governments um, to, to pursue criminal charges against Assange. And there is a whole series of events where he ends up attempting to receive uh, refuge, refuge, asylum in Ecuador and is never allowed to leave the Ecuadorian embassy in London because the British, most likely at the behest of the U.S., have the embassy surrounded and have a number of pretexts on which they plan to arrest him if he ever leaves, knowing that if he is arrested, they will, the U.S. will 
eventually file an extradition request for him. Uh, this brings us to the current moment where Sanj is in Belmarsh prison in, in the United Kingdom, uh, awaiting um, extradition to the U.S. on 18 counts. 17 of those counts are under the Espionage Act, uh, and they relate to publishing the, the information with Chelsea Manning. Uh, the 18th count is that he conspired to commit computer intrusion. It does not allege he hacked anything, but that he hacked, to, uh, he conspired to do so. And the elements of the conspiracy are very disturbing on a number of levels. Uh, they include the fact that WikiLeaks helped Edward Snowden apply for asylum, uh, using this theory that by helping someone apply for political asylum, they are inciting other people to uh, go out and hack information. It's, it's, it's almost very troubling. But what we've seen in the last month is this sort of escalating global pressure on the Biden administration to drop these charges. We saw the five newspapers who published Cablegate put out a joint statement together uh, asking for all charges against Assange pertaining to the State Department cables to be dropped, uh, reminding the Biden administration that they brought those charges uh, that they published those inf- that information too, and that really puts the Biden administration in a um, interesting position because this just isn't newspapers saying don't do this. This is newspapers saying we did this too. Uh, the editor of, a, of an online news site called Cryptone has come forward and and asked to be added to the indictment on the basis that he published the State Department cables before WikiLeaks did on their website. Dan Ellsberg has also revealed that he, the Pentagon Papers whistleblower, that he was um, WikiLeaks' backup and that he had a copy of the Iraq war logs. And he also asked to be added to the indictment. Obviously, the U.S. government's not going to do so. And then you've also seen this uh, really amazing uh, international pressure on the Biden administration in just the last couple of weeks. The prime minister of Australia has announced that they have communicated, Julian Assange is an Australian citizen, that they've communicated with the U.S. government, asking them to um, to end the prosecution and let Julian Assange return to his home country. Uh, and we see a sort of a number of heads of state in Latin America coming out and calling for the charges against Julian Assange to be dropped. Uh, the president of Colombia has done so. Uh, the president-elect, I guess, president now of Brazil, Lula, has 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 all has done so. Uh, in the past, the president of Mexico has raised the issue with Biden in 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 one-on-one meetings. So you know, in in Latin America, uh, you know, Julian Assange is viewed very differently than he is by the U.S. government. In Western Europe, he's viewed very differently than he is by the U.S. government. So around the world, you have people, including heads of state, calling on the Biden administration to end this. Because it's it's rightfully viewed. I know Assange is a very controversial figure in the U.S., but around much of the world, he is viewed as somebody who revealed the U.S.'s dirty secrets, which is what a journalist is supposed to do, and is being persecuted. Uh, press freedom well, groups like my yes, no, no, no. I mean, is is it around? It's around the rest of the world. I mean, America is only four and a half percent of the world. That's been that's been our challenge, understanding. I mean, I think one of the blessings and burdens is that we are bordered by two oceans. There are, you know, when you drive through Europe, that's like driving, you know, driving, driving from England to France is like from driving to Chicago to Indiana. 
<laughs> you know, see, in, in, in Europe, you've got to know a lot of different languages. You have to understand a lot of different nuances. In America, not so much, because we're one people from sea to shining sea. And I think one thing that we don't understand, A, we don't understand that WikiLeaks has not been caught in a lie, Chip. So I'm sorry, that pardon the interruption, but I felt that it was important that we emphasize that. And we have to emphasize that not only in South America and Central America and Western Europe, but the BRICS nations, that's the new economic alignment in the world, which is basically the global south, which is most of the world, everybody. They view this very differently. The president is meeting, Chip, as you know, with the African leaders today, with 49 of them anyway. And, um, you know, because they're saying, well, you know, Putin disrupted the relationship with Africa. That's not true. America never went for Africa. Russia did. China did. And when you see the African Union headquarters, it was built by China. We missed a huge opportunity, and we're missing a lot of what's going on in the world because of our own hubris. Pardon my editorializing, but when I'm hearing you recount this story, what what they revealed about Haiti, what they have revealed, what, what Julian Assange and WikiLeaks have revealed has been stunning and it's been necessary, Chip Gibbons. Yeah, and, and the revelations about Haiti and, and you know Latin America, I believe that's part of the reason why Julian Assange has such a difference reputation in the global south. I mean, in countries where there is a history of U.S. intervention, I don't think any country has been intervened in uh, more by the U.S. than than Haiti. Uh, There is a real different relationship with understanding how the U.S. acts on a global stage. And there was a real um, sort of appreciation for what WikiLeaks revealed about these State Department backroom dealings. You know, there's, there's information in these cables about the U.S., funding the opposition in Venezuela. Uh, There's information about the U.S. bombing Yemen and the Yemeni government taking credit for the bombings. There was information about the State Department's awareness of corruption in Tunisia. Uh, I bring that up because it sparked uh, the first protest of the Arab Spring. I mean, obviously, you cannot... um, reduce the Arab Spring to a, a single cause. Obviously, people in those countries have agency and were aware of the problems. But when WikiLeaks published um, these cables about corruption in Tunisia, it set off the, the first protest of what later became a, you know, a, a regional, you could argue global, global wave of, of pro-democracy protest. So the, the impact of WikiLeaks on the world, especially in the global south, has been extremely positive, which is why I think people are able to see so clearly that this is the example of someone who's being persecuted, right? If you've had the U.S. intervene in your country, if you've been sanctioned by the U.S., you've had a, a Democratic government removed in a coup, and then WikiLeaks comes out and shows how the State Department is still uh, exploiting your country, and the next thing you know, the U.S. wants to essentially disappear Julian Assange into a dungeon, uh, your your reaction is, is going to be much, much more different than someone whose relationship with WikiLeaks is being the one exposed, right? And it, it is it is a really dangerous prosecution, and, 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 it, and it hasn't just been, it hasn't just been the... Um, the prosecution. We we have an ongoing criminal investigation in Spain. It's gotten very little attention in the U.S., but the a, a Spanish uh, high judge, they have a legal system where judges investigate crimes, uh, is investigating allegations against a Spanish company called UC Global 
alleging that that company worked with the CIA to spy on Assange inside the Ecuadorian embassy in London to spy on other people. Uh, They also broke into Pamela Anderson's phone. She visited him a a number of times there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They they spied on Giannis Varoufakis and Stefania Morici, the Italian journalist. And the the Spanish government has subpoenaed uh, Mike Pompeo, the former CIA director, to come to Spain and to testify about um, an allegation that he was involved in an assassination plot against Julian Assange. So the other piece of the story is all of this sort of CIA covert actions. Um, and, 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 you know, there's, there's, there's so many incidents over the last 12 years of, of U.S. government bad acts involving WikiLeaks. Uh, the FBI went to Iceland uh, to interview a, a potential witness against, against WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks is based in Iceland. And they lied to the government of Iceland about why they were coming. They told them that they faced some sort of imminent uh, hacking attack and that the FBI had to come to their country. And once it was discovered why the FBI was really there, they were expelled. Uh, by the government of Iceland, right? We, we lied to, to you know, one of our allies. Uh, imagine that, to, to enter their country under false pretenses in order to investigate what Iceland considers to be a legitimate news service. Um, you, you have the CIA being criminally investigated in Spain, uh, and the U.S. is refusing to cooperate with the with the investigation, even though we have a mutual legal assistance treaty. Right? You have all these requests for help from the Spanish judge. Uh, the U.S. will will not provide the information. They want to know more about the sources. Uh, many of the claims in, in the Spanish case are based on former employees of the Spanish company UC Global. UC Global had the contract to provide security within the Ecuadorian embassy in London. It is alleged they were also working for the CIA to spy both on uh, Julian Assange, his visitors. He got a lot of visitors in the embassy, as well as the president of Ecuador, President Correa. Um, and, you know, I've I've spoken to one of the former uh, foreign ministers of Ecuador, Guillaume Long, and he is quite adamant that they were all being spied on by, by the CIA. Uh, through this group, um, uh, UC Global, and it is, like I said, it is the subject of a criminal investigation in Spain, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that from watching the U.S. news. Um, they also spied on U.S. citizens who visited Assange at the embassy and no. Mike Pompeo, and yeah, yeah, I, who could believe it? Uh, and Mike Pompeo and, and the CIA are right now the subject of a civil suit in this country for violation of Fourth Amendment rights. Uh, brought by two American lawyers and two American journalists who are suing both Pompeo in his individual capacity and the CIA as an organization for what they allege is this illegal surveillance that took place uh, against them. So you really have a potentially wide net uh, that that was cast in this war on, on, on WikiLeaks and on Assange. Uh, I mentioned Stefania Mauricia, the Italian journalist who worked with them, I mean, she's also involved in one of these criminal complaints in Spain because when they um, searched the home of the the man who ran this very shadowy uh, Spanish uh, security firm, they found pictures of her cell phone taken apart when she visited uh, Assange in the embassy, the UC Global company. They, they took her cell phone and took apart the SIM card and took pictures of it. Now, I have no idea what, what good taking pictures of someone's uh, cell phone SIM card does, but 
you know, this is this is it's really very um, troubling to her as as a journalist who works with confidential sources to wonder what was the extent of this targeting. So, I mean, they've really gone very far in endangering press freedom. Uh, both from bringing this prosecution and in engaging in this sort of illicit covert action and surveillance. I've got about 90 seconds left. What should we do? I mean, because what does this say about press freedoms? I need you, I need you to come back. If, if not, if maybe you can come back in the morning. Um, because I think that there's a lot about WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks that we don't know and what this says about press freedom, what this says about... Um, our understanding of how the world works. And quite frankly, Chip, uh, when you look at the grave mistrust and the great mistrust that almost all Americans have in our institutions, this is at the heart of it. And I mean, I. I yes. One minute. I, I mean, I think you. people need to be, people need to be reaching out to their members of Congress and be writing to the Biden White House and telling them to drop these charges to take uh, efforts to to amend the Espionage Act so it cannot be used against journalists and whistleblowers. I mean, whatever people think of Julian Assange, and I I know a lot of people in this country do not like him, uh, the prosecution that the Biden administration inherited from Donald Trump uh, is one that will set a precedent that can be used against the New York Times, can be used against the Washington Post, and any newspaper who publishes information the U.S. government deems secret. This is a prosecution that will endanger critical reporting on national security broadly. It is far bigger than one person. It is far bigger than one publisher. It is far bigger than anyone's individual feelings about Julian Assange or the editorial choices he made at WikiLeaks. It is about whether or not we will continue to have a First Amendment as we've understood it for the last 50 years, 50 to 100 years in this country, or will we be in a situation where if the government says you can't publish this, they can jail journalists? They already jailed the sources. We saw that with Chelsea Manning, with Daniel Hale. Now they want to come for the journalist. And I really think people should ask themselves, where does this end if they take on Julian Assange? Where do they go next? Because it is stopping them. <laughs> you. Yes. That's what happened yes. to Dr. King. I've, I've lived with it all of my life. They're coming for you. Anytime you march, anytime you engage in dissent, they're coming for you. That's why this case is so important to you. Thank you for the brilliant work that you do, Chip Gibbons. <laughs> Defending rights and dissent, everybody. Back in just a minute. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Everybody, welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show, the second hour on Wednesday, December 14th, 2022. I'm Santita Jackson coming to you from WCPT 820, the nation's largest progressive talk radio station and AM 950 radio the voice of progressive Minnesota. I want you to meet me on my Facebook page, the Santita Jackson and Friends page, Santita Jackson and Friends, and on my Twitter handle, at Santita J, at Santita J. Well, while you're doing uh, this show, of course, from YouTube, everyone, please migrate from Facebook over to YouTube, the Santita Jackson Show, the Santita Jackson Show, and everybody who's watching today on Facebook or 
on YouTube. Uh, please like and share. Like and share, everybody. Pass the word. Pass the word. Walter, we'll be dealing with your question about what's happening with Africa and this summit that they're having at the White House. I think that America missed a grand opportunity to have a another kind of relationship with Africa, and we're going to talk about that because they relate to Russia very, very differently. They have done that historically, and has, as have African-American dissidents. They've related to Russia very differently than America has, and we need to start dealing with that. But we're going to talk about Brittany Griner today. The Respect for Marriage Act was signed yesterday, uh, codifying into federal law uh, the protections for interracial and same-sex marriages uh, as we watch crimes against LGBTQ persons on the rise. We're going to talk about that today on Legal Q&A with CK. So let's get right to it, everybody. Let's get through some of these headlines so we can get to this important topic. In Chicago, we're going to have a high of 44 degrees. There will be rain in Minneapolis, St. Paul, 39 degrees, rain and snow. In the World Cup, France and Morocco today. Morocco is the first African team to get this far in the World Championship of Soccer. So we're going to see what's going to happen today at 1 o'clock Central Standard Time. Argentina 3, Croatia 0. So Argentina faces off in the finals this weekend. Will it be France? Will it be Morocco? I'm pulling for Morocco. Yes, I am. But, it's gonna, but you got a lot of Moroccan players on the French team. So there we have it. <laughs> All right, everybody. In the NBA, the Knicks will be playing. The Bulls and the Timberwolves will be facing off against the Clippers. In the NHL, the Capitals 7, the Chicago team 3. And the Red Wings will be playing the Wild later on today. A massive storm is producing blizzards in the north and damaging tornadoes in the south, shuttering highways and hampering travel. According to CNN Storm Tracker, this system is moving east across the nation and currently lingering over the central United States. Everybody be careful. The Biden administration is facing a December December deadline to terminate a public health authority known as... Title 42 that was in that was invoked at the onset of the pandemic and allowed officials to turn away migrants encountered at the U.S. southern border as officials prepare for a surge of migrants ahead of the forced end of the Trump era policy. The Department of Homeland Security has deployed additional agents to the border in El Paso Texas. About 9 million people recently received emails from the Department of Education that mistakenly said that their application for student loan forgiveness had been approved. Thus far, no one has received student debt uh, forgiveness because this legislation, this dictate has been locked up in the court. So we will have to see what's going to happen, everybody. And of course, we're waiting on these World Cup finals. We're waiting up on these World Cup finals. And um, those are some of the headlines on the Santita Jackson show. So let's get right to it. I can hear a little background noise. I think somebody's shuffling papers like I am or moving something. So uh, we want to get that taken care of so that we can get to the rest of the show. It's been a joyful day that we saw yesterday when we saw the Respect for Marriage Act. The Respect for Marriage Act, of course, the 1967 decision with Mildred Jeter Loving and Richard Loving, in which they struck down uh, the laws prohibiting blacks and whites from marrying in the United States. And then we moved over a few decades. We saw the same kind of protections, uh, the prohibitions against same-sex marriage struck down, the protections encoded into law. But now we are, a funny thing has happened, you know, on the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, same-sex couples and, quite frankly, interracial couples don't feel as secure anymore. And so 
We have to look at that. We have to look at that. And underneath all of that, maybe a symbol of that is Brittany Griner, the brilliant WNBA player, two-time Olympian, superstar, one of the most skilled persons in her field in the world. Uh, instead of celebrating her release from prison, many Americans are, not most, but many, certainly they're making enough noise. They're saying, why her? Why didn't we get Paul Whelan out? Even though he's got four passports, even though he was uh, dishonorably discharged CK from the Marines, even though he's gone on to have a successful career, his his case is far more complex, far more complex. So he was a non-starter for the Russians in terms of a negotiation. But uh, the arms dealer, Victor Boot, who was housed here in, in Illinois, well, they said, no, we want that exchange. And so that happened. But it seems like there's something else, C.K., going on with this uh, this pushback against Brittany Griner. And the question is, C.K., I want to know, is it because she's an athlete? And we do undervalue athletes until we need them to win at the Olympics or some big, big, big game in which our national or personal identities are, are wedded. Or is it because she's black? Anti-black hatred exists all over the world. Is it because she's a woman? Misogyny exists all over the world. Is it because she's gay? Homophobia exists all over the world. Is it because she's a black gay woman? CK, you've got a tremendous panel. And, you know, leading the panel today is Dr. David Johns, one of the leading young civil rights leaders. He's really at the vanguard of the civil rights movement today. But particularly, he comes from, uh, he places particular emphasis on the rights of the LGBTQ plus community who've been violated. CK, is legal Q&A with CK, take it away. Good morning, Santa, and to everyone. Well, this is a very, very complicated question. You know, there are legal issues surrounding the release of Brittany Griner, legal issues surrounding, of course, her case. She was tried and convicted. And the same applies for Paul Whale. So when we talk about why her and this, this backlash, this criticism, that the Biden administration, the President Biden in particular, is receiving because of her release, I think it's because of all the things you said, Santita. One, she is African-American, she's an athlete, she's a woman, she's a gay woman, and she's married to a woman. And she is a, a, and, and the fact that she's a woman, a female athlete, and the issue surrounding why she had to be there and why she had to have a second gig, if you will, in the first place, are also entwined in this narrative, I believe. So I think all of these things are percolating, and that is why I believe there is this backlash. When we look at Paul Whelan, of course, every American that is wrongfully held in captivity in any country should be released. And the government, a lot of times, takes positions and tries to seek the release of all of these Americans who they believe are held improperly, illegally, in captivity. But sometimes in the course of negotiation, like any negotiation, a negotiation is a process of giving and taking. You mm. ask for the world, hoping that you will get something, and that might be short of what you'd like. And I'm certain that the Biden administration would have wanted to have Paul Whelan and others released. But Brittany Griner was who they secured. And I think that we should applaud when an American who we believe is wrongfully detained is released from a penal colony. We should be happy for that American, happy for that family, no matter what, her race, her gender, her sexual orientation, or anything. So that's globally where I think we should stand on it. But I do understand 
Paul Whelan's family probably feels some kind of way. And I've had this discussion with people on my talk show, Santita. People were very, very upset because they said a military person, someone who has fought for this country, surely is more important. And this is this is a judgment that some people place than an athlete. I don't think that's fair. And there are a bunch of dynamics. Brittany was evidently for the Russian government, someone who they were willing to release. Whereas Paul Whelan, maybe not so much so. And that's why we have this type of outcome. And finally, you know, having worked with your father, who has secured the release of more Americans than we can count, Santita, Reverend Jackson, when, when the government failed, when the government negotiations failed, many families reached out to Reverend Jackson. And he was able to secure the release of these families, of these, of these individuals that were wrongfully incarcerated, wrongfully imprisoned in foreign countries under very, very difficult circumstances. I have no, with whom we have been at war. We have been at war. Hostilities. Um, right, you know. hostilities. And, and, and I know because I've worked with him on two of those releases. So I say that because there's so many dynamics in the art of negotiation where you're securing the release of an American in a foreign country. More than we can see, but it is a victory no matter how you slice it. Because that American would be sitting in a jail and during untold circumstances or consequences because they are an American and because of sometimes the allegations against them. And then finally, there are people that say, I know this is the second finally I said, Brittany Griner, which she was accused of, allegedly, was so mild in comparison to the SWAT, to the arms dealer, to the known um, criminal who we released and who was swapped back. Well, you see, in the art of negotiation, we're trying to secure someone getting someone out of jail, and you look at the options, you take the best option for what is presented to you. And you keep it moving. And there probably is going to be another day. I don't believe this is going to end here, but I do believe we need to celebrate the release of an American. And let me go so far as saying an American athletic hero. You see, because when she was playing basketball and everyone was cheering her on and we wanted her to win, 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 no one was thinking about all this negativity. They were thinking about her being an athlete and winning because that's the American way. So she, too, deserves, deserves to be home with her family and those same cheers as she's released because no one, no one would want their child, their mother, their sister, their brother, their auntie, or anyone related to them to be and to have sustained what Brittany Griner and others have sustained while incarcerated in a penal colony. We don't even know what that means here. A penal colony in a foreign country while that country is at war with another country and we are supporting that other country. Oh, yeah, because this is all in the context of Russia being in the war with Ukraine. Even though her charges predated that, her incarceration and the progression of her case occurred during, during this war. Which is, which is still ongoing, and the penalty, which she received as a penalty, far exceeded what would have normally been for someone who is accused of uh, cannabis thieves or whatever the, the real accusations, I don't know that they were real or manufactured, whatever they were, her penalty was much more severe. And so for that, for that, I applaud the Biden administration, I applaud Vice President Kamala Harris, for their efforts in bringing her home. And there will be another day 
when other Americans will be brought home. But I, I would encourage those who are critical and who are making judgment about her because she's this, because she's that, to step back and think if that were your child, if that were your niece, if that were your auntie, how would you feel if she were wrongfully incarcerated in a penal colony in Russia? Mm. Well, you know, and certainly you do need mercy because they have their laws. Because unfortunately, we have people imprisoned in the United States for the same amount of time and longer because of possession of marijuana. And that's what's so awful. I mean, because the fact is, it was a law that they, it's a law that they have. It was broken. And you know what? We just, we needed a merciful negotiation to get her out. You know, now with Paul Whelan, that's a different case. But, you know, you've got a tremendous panel. Of course, you've got uh, you've got attorney Robert Patillo. You've got Dwight McKee. You've got attorney Daryl Jones. You've got attorney Aaron Connolly. But one of our special guests, and I'm going to stop calling him a special guest because he's part of the family here today, Dr. David Absolutely. Johns. I'm, you know, I'm going to stop doing that with, with Dr. Johns. Absolutely. <laughs> and Dr. Johns, Dr. Johns, welcome. Um, we are so excited about your contribution and really want to hear what you have to say about this because there's so many different dynamics to this, to this, to this story, to this, to this tragedy, and to this victory. So, Dr. John? I, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, and I'm also okay being called special. Um, I really just want to underscore the <laughs> point that you made. Um, to be clear, uh, for me, this is really a question of value. Um, to the to the point you made uh, very elegantly and eloquently. Um, I encourage everyone to ask themselves what they value and then to think about what this case demonstrates that our country in this moment values as compared to Russia. Um, I stood on the South Lawn at the White House yesterday um, and watched President Biden and Vice President Harris sign into law the Respect for Marriage Act. Um, And the one thing that I was clear about is that um, no one uh, should have to question whether or not their love or their ability to love and their desire to be loved um, uh, will not be respected. Um, everything to do with moving past tolerance with regard to both interracial marriages as well as LGBTQIA plus marriages, um, relationships, and identities. Um, and at the core of it, it is about all of us celebrating humanity. Um, so for me, I appreciate that um, an American a black, um, same-gender loving, I don't use the term gay because it's a white male, often political identifier, but a black, same-gender loving woman um, and an elite athlete who, as you all already acknowledge, was forced into this unique labor situation because of capitalism, misogyny, um, and homophobia. We should at some point talk about how many people don't want their daughters who are incredibly talented to play basketball or be in the WNBA because they're afraid of them becoming lesbians. Um, but that notwithstanding, this is really a question of what we value um, and I celebrate that this administration um, and advocates and organizations like the National Black Justice Coalition, uh, since being notified of her detainment, uh, work to ensure that uh, an American and a black American woman, um, and again, an elite athlete, um, uh, people forget that part, um, uh, is valued. Um, uh, and, and often we only have this conversation about value with regard to what someone does for their government. I think this is the case um, in Russia. Um, but we as Americans, especially black folks who are, um, are always at war when we just may think about the operation of COINTELPRO, um, we should all want um, uh, the same grace, uh, you know, uh, but if not I, um, uh, kind of grace in this regard and to think that our country would value us enough to advocate for our state return home as well. Mm. Amen and, and to that. Yes, 
That is well put, well said. I know that Robert Petillo um, was has actually been on Russian TV, Russian radio, and has been talking about this issue for a great for a, a great period of time. Um, Reverend Jackson as well. And I would love to hear what Robert's take is because mm-hmm. he's been interacting with the Russian media on this from the beginning and followed step by step. Robert? Thank you so much, um, CK. And yeah, I was actually on uh, Russian uh, TV Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of last week talking about uh, the Brittany Griner issue. And one of the things that we do always discuss on the morning show there is that what what Russia is really interested in uh, is the uh, situation of U.S. sanctions against Russia. As you know, at the beginning of the Ukrainian special operation, um, the West put in some of the most crippling sanctions ever seen um, against Russia. Uh, Everything from almost all major Fortune 500 companies leaving the the Federation uh, down to uh, uh, 700,000 people, uh, what they call the brain drain, uh, escaping the country over the course of the last 10 months uh, as a result of the sanctions regime. You know, you can't get Coca-Cola there anymore. You can't get McDonald's there anymore. Uh, In addition to um, to that, they feel that Western nations are violating international law by funneling hundreds of billions of dollars to the Ukrainians with absolutely no governmental oversight. Uh, we don't know where the money's going. We don't know who's getting these javelin missiles. We don't know, um, uh, as we remember back in um, during the Obama administration, Ukraine was listed as one of the most corrupt uh, governments in the world, uh, including President or Vice President at the time, Biden, saying that he had to have a, a, a corrupt official removed there. Um, so the Russians have valid concerns that I think, think are not being articulated in the West. Uh, and one of the issues I think many people are having with the uh, prisoner swap for uh, the merchant of death for Brittany Griner is that it has now put a target on the backs of every prominent American who travels uh, to a potentially hostile nation. Um, the Iranians have um, prisoners who are here in the United States they would absolutely like to have back. Why wouldn't they kidnap LeBron James in order to get their prisoners back, given this precedent? Uh, China has scientists who were arrested for stealing information on the F-22 development program that led directly to their uh, production of the J-20 by a heavenly dragon uh, stealth fighter that they are using currently. Uh, one of only three uh, fifth-generation fighters currently available in the world. Uh, why wouldn't they hold on to, you know, uh, Stefan Marbury or Dwight Howard or somebody? who's playing basketball in China in order to get their scientists back who helped secure that information. Uh, once you, you start down this path, you end up with a super slope. We have the entire Guantanamo Bay um, uh, apparatus that's been holding uh, Iraqi and Afghani uh, citizens for over 20 years now. Those people are very much like to have their people back and return to their families. We call them terrorists here. Uh, they call them dad and uncle and cousin and everything else. Uh, so if there's an American that prominent business person or attorney or humanitarian traveling uh, in Afghanistan or in those regions, uh, given the precedents that have been set, what would stop them from simply taking them and holding them until they can have their people return? So I think the, the, the macro issues turn, uh, become that this is very much a smokescreen for the bigger issues uh, with regards to the war in Ukraine and how exactly we are uh, we're supporting it here as Americans, where the money is coming from, where the money is going, 
uh, who are the good guys and the bad guys because we only get one side of the story. But secondarily, what will be the long-term ramifications of this? Because there's one thing if during the Cold War, what is Francis Gary, Francis Gary Powers, who was a U-2 pilot, shot down over the Soviet Union, and they exchanged him for two U.S. or for two Soviet spies. Um, that's a one-to-one governmental. Uh, military espionage situation where you're changing them. But when you start bringing civilians in, celebrities in, and social media campaigns are what lead to foreign policy decisions or what's popular, well, now now effectively we put a target on the back of all Americans traveling internationally because if you can get a, the proper uh, attention and social media campaign behind you, they'll be willing to transfer, you know, people who've killed uh, uh, tens of thousands with their weapons uh, because of the PR behind so I think that this is a, a raw decision, uh, not a wrong decision, but a raw decision where it's very difficult to make a determination. Um, the, the Biden administration, of course, made a promise and a commitment to bring uh, Ms. Griner home. Uh, but we have to uh, take a serious analysis of what the long-term ramifications might be. Yeah, what they are and what's the social fallout? Because instead of cheering CK, her return home, many people are jeering it. Why? Is it because she's black? Is it because she's gay? Is it because she's a woman? She's a woman athlete? Is, is homophobia, homophobia behind this? Misogyny? A contempt for a different class of worker? Back with more of the Santita Jackson Show. Legal Q&A with CK in just a moment. This is the Santita Jackson Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Santita Jackson Show. Legal Q&A with CK. We've been talking about Brittany Griner. Why the hate? The cheers have turned into jeers. Why? Is it because she's black? Is it because she's gay? Is it because she's a woman? Is it because of all three? Or... Have we gotten the full story about Paul Whelan? We talked about that yesterday, but CK, take it away. There's, if there were ever terms such as brilliant strategist, brilliant activist, someone who has a vision beyond others, it would be describing none other than Dwight McKee. He's one of our guests today, and we really would like to hear his opinion, his thoughts, based on his years of experience. You know, we stand on his shoulders. And Dwight, I know you have to leave, but please let us know your perspective on this, because you're always spot on. You call things, you say things we don't want to hear, but you're always spot on with your analysis, (laughs) and we love it. So, Dwight, Thank you, CK. He says things we don't want to hear. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think on on the marriage issue, I think Clarence Thomas wants to challenge the constitutionality of interracial marriage because he's looking for a way out. I think that he looked at that crazy white woman on the side of the bed. He's just as happy. Should this be legal? Can, can somebody bail me out of this one? <laughs> can we? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Is, oh Lord, help me! Is this, is this really legal? Can somebody pull me, pull me out of this rubble? <laughs> 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 will you, will you, 
Will you pull me on out? <laughs> you know what? He just upended everything you said about him, CK. Just rescind it, girl. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He speaks truth to power. Y'all up there, as says, you got to name a thing of things, beloved, and he just did that. <laughs> oh, David. <laughs> Can we go back to 1950? Um, and, and on the Britney issue, real quickly, and then I have to run. Is I think that people are upset not because of so much of a race. I think that does play a role in the agenda and all that does play a role. But I think that a lot of people are upset because they really do believe that it was a, at least the Republicans, at least the pretext is, that it was a um, uh, unequal negotiation, that they exchanged a global terrorist for a basketball player. And that Russia had all of the chips, and they played them. Uh, I think that you know Biden had to play what he was the chips he was dealt with, but the Russians was dealing the cards, and that they were able to keep a spy, uh, which is a good chance that Paul is with full passports, and maintain that and renegotiate some other folk for him, but they were able to, because of the social pressure and the prestige of Brittany, able to exchange her for a major, major, major arms dealer during a time of war. And so in many ways, you know, they got the benefit of the uh, the best part of that deal. And I think that's what a lot of people are upset with. Now, her being black and and um, an athlete and gay and whatever kind of word you want to use there, uh, married to a woman. I think all they did play a role in antagonism because I don't think they would have acted that way if they were negotiating for Brett Farr or for, uh, you know, a major white athlete. I think that it would have been a celebration, much more of a celebration, had they been getting you know, one of those guys out. But uh, the fact of the matter is, it, it really comes down to an unequal negotiation. Wow. Oof. CK? Well, you know, Daryl Jones has been fighting for voting rights, for civil rights, an extraordinary lawyer, and who has been talking about this issue as well as he's fighting and played a major role in the outcome of the recent Senate elections in Georgia. Yay. Um, Daryl, what is your perspective? I just have to throw that in there. What is your perspective on this? Um, as the chair of Transformer Justice Coalition, I know you all are on point on many of these issues domestically and internationally. Yeah, well, you know, good morning, CK, and thank you for that. Uh, you know, uh, I listened to... Uh, to Dwight McKee, you know, really closely with things that he lays out. And, you know, he always brings such a, an interesting perspective uh, with regards to most issues, national and international. And, you know, needless to say, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Special uh, David Johns always brings a really great uh, <laughs> analysis uh, with regard to the, the love Dr. aspect Special. and loving who you love. Dr. Special. Dr. Special. <laughs> 
There you go. <laughs> but, you know, but I tell you, you know, one of the things that, that Dwight uh, picked up on that I think uh, is really key is that when we're looking at the Brittany Griner situation uh, and the exchange that went on, uh, you know, the question was, you know, is it because she's black? Is it because she's a woman? Is this misogynistic? Is this about an athlete? Is this about, her, is this about her being gay? And I asked this question. Did you think we would have the same conversation if it was Christy Tolliver from the WNBA that was in that Russian prison and they negotiated her release with the same conditions that they did with Brittany Griner? And I think that the answer to that question is no. I, I don't think we're talking about a Paul Whelan if we're talking about the release of Christy Tolliver as opposed to Brittany Griner. And, and arguably, you know, Christy Tolliver is a very popular WNBA athlete. I don't think that we have that same conversation. So I think then you start looking at the racial aspect of this and asking that question. You know, when we start to look at the layers that, that exist with the Paul Whelan uh, situation, you know, the, the, you know the, the four passports, the bad conduct discharge from the U.S. Marines that, that his parents didn't know about, that it was for stealing U.S. government funds and all this other stuff. You know, when you start looking at all these layers, and it just seems that the deeper you go into the Paul Whelan piece, that there's a lot that's there. Not saying that any of it is accurate or inaccurate, but saying there's a lot that's there. The only thing that exists with the Brittany Griner uh, piece is this allegation of, of her having some uh, some marijuana that was used to reduce inflammation and stuff from her playing basketball. So when we look specifically at that uh, and say that, you know, had this been Christy Tolliver and not Brittany Griner, with the reaction to the release or failure of, of the administration to gain the release of Paul Whelan, along with Brittany Griner, been the same. And I think that the answer to that is no. So, you know, I, I think that we really begin to look at the, the racial aspect of this, certainly, you know, uh, the, the, the sexual orientation aspect of it, uh, and as well as the prestige uh, that, that's there. So, you know, in my view of it, uh, you know, I applaud the administration for what it was able to do. And I, you know, certainly, you know, give kudos to the administration for continuing to fight for the release of Paul Whelan. They haven't let it go. They just realized that there's more to it to try to get him out than there would be uh, to, to gain the release of Brittany Griner. So you know, I certainly applaud the administration on that. I mean, cannabis and four passports? Are you serious right now? <laughs> I, you, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know who he is. I don't. I just know... That all that's but, interesting, but you, I, I know you're going to, I know you're going to Aaron. Huh? I'm going to Aaron. I'm going to Aaron. <laughs> Got to hear from Aaron because Aaron, of course, is brilliant. We know she's brilliant. She has the benefit of being a political strategist and activist. She's a and then David's person, but and that's and right. yeah, and then, and then she's, she's going to pivot back to you because it's a whole lot. A brilliant, a brilliant lawyer. Ooh. I want to hear from Aaron, and then and then we'll pivot back. Yeah. Well, good morning, CK. Good morning to this wonderful panel. Thank you for having me this morning. Um, and I, I do want to talk about um, the status of, of Brittany Griner and how, as a black queer woman, out of all of the marginalized communities within the LGBTQ community, we know that black queer women are targeted more than any other portion of that, that population. If you're transgendered, it, it goes, goes up much higher. So there, there is an element uh, of this at play here, especially with the, when we look at the reception that this news is receiving at home. 
Stampita, you you shared a, a story that that went around uh, yesterday about um, a game in Utah, uh, Salt Lake City, where this this was the example of of NBA fans and basketball fans uh, booing the release of Brittany Griner when it was announced yeah. over. The I mean, loud wait a minute. Let me just let me just put a carrot in here. Black NBA players catch the devil in Utah. I mean, there's just a history of it. I don't know what's going on out there because I've recorded out there and I've had a great time. But they have a hard time. You've seen you've seen was it Russell Westbrook has gotten in has gotten into fights because of how his wife has been verbally attacked and almost physically attacked. But please continue. I just think it's important to give that context. I, I think it is important, right? And this is this is the re, the reality of the climate in the United States of America right now. And um, you know, it, it is also interesting to see um, folks uh, playing Monday morning uh, quarterback slash uh, diplomat this week, and you know, thinking that that there is a. a a public understanding of the nuances of this negotiation, and and I agree with with Robert and Dwight and um, our special Doctor Special this morning that <laughs> Doctor Special <laughs> that um, that there that there is you know uh, a reality to these negotiations that you, you're dealt a hand and you have to react right Russia Russia I believe probably uh, saw an opportunity uh, and they they take uh, high level. Uh, citizens, um, and when given the opportunity, they, they were able to arrest her for something uh, that we would think is a, a non-issue in many ways. But let's pivot back and talk about how we're looking at cannabis legislation and how that's enforced disproportionately in black and brown communities and oftentimes is used as a pretext in, in our own uh, LGBT rights uh, movement, right? People were targeted at underground clubs, at bars, uh, cited for drug use. Um, this is a, this is not a, a new tactic that that we see. So we have to take a, a hard look at our own policies, our our own regulations around something as simple as as cannabis um, for a very real condition of inflammation and the 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 tough things that her body has gone through to be one of the best basketball players not female basketball players, but one of the best basketball players in the world. And um, so there's a many different levels to this, but I think the underlying racial anti-LGBT tones in this country, and this is why we need the act that the President Biden signed yesterday that guarantees folks the ability to marry whomever they love and whomever they want in every state in the United States, because there is still a strong element against even interracial marriage in this country. You, you think it's, it's wild to say such things, but think about how, how strong the debate was uh, for and against gay marriage not even 10, 15 years ago. We have not come to a place in our laws nor in our enforcement and certainly not within the soul of this nation to have real acceptance, and we have to codify those protections in. And it, it is necessary, and I'm, I, I applaud the administration. I applaud the activists that have been um, working towards this uh, for many, many years because they understand that these rights are under attack. So we have progress, and we are also going to have the, the same visceral pushback from folks in this fascist white supremacist movement that see any gain like yesterday, as, as a further assault on this potential values, right? So we may see some backlash against this.
Hmm. David Jones, you, you, yeah. you, yeah. Doctor, Doctor Special, you've been waiting to jump in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you. It. Never, I you never, look, you stepped into the crew. Hyperventilating. I think he was, but you know, CK, you have to let him know he stepped into the family now. So all bets are off. And that's why, and that's you why get, I said Dr. Special. He, but I heard you <laughs> in the background. I Listen, let's go. So wait, wait, three quick things related to that. Yesterday was important, and it was a stopgap. There are still states in this country that do not recognize same-sex uh, relationships. It is also important mm. for us to pass the Equality Act to ensure that there are consistent and clear non-discrimination protections. Um, I can be kicked out of a ride share because my nails are painted or I'm sitting next to my partner because that is not contemplated or was not contemplated when the Civil Rights Act of 64 was codified. So I want to be clear that that was a response to this rogue Supreme Court. Um, again, Brother Thomas, who wants to get out uh, of his marriage, possibly I should not call him <laughs> brother either because all my kinfolk ain't my kinfolk. But the point is that gap, and we still have an obligation to pass the Equality Act. Two, related to that, there have been more than 300 anti-LGBTQ pieces of legislation proposed across the country. Linda, say that one more time. Slow down. Slow down. There have been more than 300 300 anti-LGBTQ bills proposed by Republicans across the country, the vast majority of which, uh, at least 130 of them, target transgender people specifically. There have been, there has been, a 41% increase in reported hate crime. What I always think mm-hmm. about this is the FBI statistic doesn't account for the fact that black folks don't often run to the police. Uh, and so we should understand that that's an undercount. Uh, every year since I have had the pleasure of leading the National Black Justice Coalition, it's been the deadliest year on record for black trans women to the point that my sister just made. And we've seen in the last year over 100 attacks at drag shows because there are Republican fear mongers telling people that queer people in particular, folks that drag and trans folks are attempting to groom folks simply because it turns out they're voting base. Uh, so I, I want to paint a bigger picture. Uh, we, it, it, I think I appreciate the conversation you've had about Brittany and there are larger geopolitical issues concerning attacks against LGBTQIA folks that we don't have conversations about enough in part because too often, black LGBTQIA plus folks like Brittany or myself are rendered invisible um, unless and until we are in positions of danger like the one that she found herself in. The last thing for me is there are so many people who have, who, who have never read a foreign policy brief in their life, who, who, don't, who have never been to law school, who, who, who don't even understand what it's like to, to engage in UPLing, um, who don't even read articles with footnotes, who now fashion themselves experts. Um, I question often uh, if there are ever a fair trade. I, I can't think of, of many that happen outside of, of movies. Um, but at some point, um, um, some of us have to, some more of us rather have to trust people um, who do work um, and have demonstrated an ability to show up um, and use expertise to move things uh, for our country and for democracy. Mic drop on that. And we have to track those laws, CK. Um, as they make their way through our system. I mean, because we're watching a pushback against, you know what, Dr. Special, Dr. David Johns, we love you, and Dr. and, and Attorneys Connolly uh, and Jones and uh, Attorney C.K. Hoffler. You know, Reverend Jackson reminds us that this is a right-wing country. It's a right-wing country. So we've always had to push back against these right-wing impulses that we have, C.K., 
And this is just this is this this fight is just is just part of it. But you know what I couldn't think about? You know I am a tennis fanatic. Period. I have been since I was a child. I think of Maria Sharapova, the great Russian player. She was number one for for some time. For, you know, maybe, I just, I remember for about six, seven months, she had quite a run. Um, But she was never Serena or Venus. Because they came, they came into prominence at the same time. But she far outdistanced Venus and Serena, individually, certainly, and together. I mean, together, in terms of her endorsements. I mean, this blonde, you know, tall, lift. And she is, you know, just beautiful, objectively beautiful. But there was some discussion about that. And I wonder, you know, given that Britney presents as someone who, what, 6'8", her voice is, is, is full of bass, um, she presents in a way that is not, say, it's, it's not feminine, just to, just to use my own, my own uh, terms, Dr. Johns and everyone here. I just think that all of that... All of that is part of it because you know we are a looks-driven world. <laughs> we are, Santita. We are, Santita. And you know, Santita, we've had this discussion fairly recently in terms of politics, yeah. you know, relative yeah. to Stacey Abrams, and and all of that. Oh. You just throw that into the pot of all the reasons why there's this backlash. I think everybody on this amazing panel has come through with a perspective that's unique. And then you know, we 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 now have a doctor special who is. <laughs> Driving the, I just have to admit, who's 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 really given a brilliant analysis. There, I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm saying that jokingly, but his analysis, absolutely brilliant, brilliant magnificent, on point. So all of these factors drive the legal analysis to a case because this is legal Q and A. But oftentimes, the law is just a vehicle to be able to do something that's political, and that is exactly what I believe has happened in this case. Certainly, going into a country playing basketball for years in a country as her second gig where she understood and knew her eyes were wide open that it was not that this was not an LGBTQ plus friendly country period end of discussion mm-hmm. not in its current iteration this is no longer the Soviet Union not in its current iteration because yeah, you orthodox. know because they are officially an orthodox Christian orthodox nation. Nation. Right. nation so, so know, there's that that was all known, that was all known. In addition to the fact that she's going to stand out everywhere, anywhere, all the time, 100% of the time, mm-hmm. in a crowd. And there's always some xenophobia wherever you go, wherever you travel, whatever country. And probably some resentment of some of the local athletes that here they have to bring in these big, tall black women to help the, lo- the teams, the local mm. or domestic teams, to victory. There are a lot of subtleties because I think for sure we don't really know the facts and if she actually did or didn't do that. The facts remain irrelevant because the law was just a vessel for a political determination. The most they thought she would have gotten would have been five years. She got nine years. And and the most, and the most, the craziest scenario, I remember doing an analysis between Russian law and U.S. law on these issues. This was for sure a minor infraction, but nevertheless an infraction. And so, and if it's true, I'm not even sure it's true. I mean, imagine a scenario where she was set up. Imagine a scenario she pled, but she pled to save her life, as she said. Mm-hmm. So we may never know what really happened because there might be some confidentiality or restrictions on what she can talk about. Um, and we have to bear in mind that that could be the case. But I think for Brittany Griner, I salute her and thank her 
for what she represents and for opening up a discussion, which we've had here on the show, but we need to really have, about why women athletes have to, when they have comparable skills to their counterparts, male athletes, have to have a second gig three-quarters mm. of, of the way across the world to survive and to support their families. And that's the issue. Equal pay for similar work. So there are many, many things that can be unpacked here. That was mm. not a factor, of course, I believe, in, in what happened to her in Russia. But it's a fact that we need to look at here in the United States. Mm. There are legal Absolutely. issues with that. And for those owners of these NBA teams that own both the men, the male teams and the female teams, they need to think about that. Because there could be another Brittany Griner around the corner. There might be another Brittany Griner who just well, has. They're still going. They're, they're still going to yeah. Europe. They're still going to. Uh, they're still going. They're still going to Russia. And and you know what? And they should. And and they should go uh, under advisement. They need to know what they need to watch out for. Don't don't talk to. Be very very careful with people because folks plant things on you. All kinds of things happen, and particularly when you de- when you're in a country with whom we are basically in a proxy war. That's a fact. So, you know, but we have to give a big shout out to Sh- to Mrs. Sherelle Greiner, who, yeah. well, she fought for she fought for her wife. She fought for her life. And she just stepped to the fore. And, you know, she's a teacher. I have a special love for teachers. And, and she's a teacher and she's a law student, by the way. Ab- wait a minute. She finished law school, right? So she's a lawyer now. I'm not so, sure she's a lawyer. I thought I think she's okay. maybe she's a lawyer. I don't, I don't she's know if she's an attorney, right? But I think you know she. I think she finished law school in the midst of all of this. Yeah, yeah. Well, she North Carolina Central HBCU uh, 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 Law School. Just by the way, well, uh, uh, is that where uh, Willie Gary went to school? That's where Willie the, the Gary went. School? School. Okay. So, so absolutely, absolutely. So I think she knows There's how to plead a case. She knows how to plead a case. She knows how to plead a case. There are many, many dynamics that can be unpacked. Um, I was so impressed with her. I was so impressed with her. I thought her, I mean, just her arguments, her comportment, everything she did. Uh, Brittany Griner needs to know.